0: Wednesday, September 22nd, you probably didn't need to be told that. How are you doing this Wednesday? It's me, your BBG, with you live from BBG Towers. Two things today, Paul Craig Roberts, Dr. Paul Craig Roberts, will join me live from Virginia soon, and then after that, I'll be taking your calls through Skype and through the phone line. That's how it's going to be today.
1: The BBG, not the BBC. This is your Richie Allen Show, live from the magnificent city of Salford.
2: It's the Richie Allen Show, broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host. Richie. Out.
0: Yes, I'll play the sting a little bit later on, but I won't play the sting now. What was that piano music from the sting? I remember it well. No, I won't play the jingle now. If you want to chat with me later on, it's chat with Richie on Skype. That's all one word. If you want to call me, it's Manchester 0161 8182018. Calling from outside the UK, it's +44161 uh, Eight one eight two zero one eight. I actually don't have it written down. That's a that's pretty par for the course, isn't it? And I'm looking forward to hearing from you. It'll be a shorter-ish phone-in session today. I always threaten it. Today I'm going to be moving the calls along pretty quickly. All right. Another lovely afternoon in the great city. I don't know what it is. It's been absolutely lovely. A bit chillier this morning. A bit more of a chill in the air, but it's been absolutely lovely. There's quite a bit to pack in before Paul joins me, so I'd better jump right on into it. You might or might not know the Education Select Committee was, was interrogating, if you believe that, well, up to a point... The people responsible for the decision to vaccinate or to jab 12 to 15-year-olds with a COVID jab. I'll come on to that in a minute. Before that, very quick email from Brendan Clifford. Brendan, thanks for the email. Let me read it very quickly. He says, Richie, I have to confess, I have been one of those listeners that for years enjoyed your show on a regular basis but never contributed to the coffers. During the scam-demic, your show has been a beacon of light and I would miss it greatly if it was off the air. I now realise how important it is for those of us who rely on independent media to support it. I've set up a standing order now and hope that my small monthly donation can add to support the show. God bless you, Richie, from Brendan Clifford. Thank you, Brendan, for your support. Thank you. I-, I read that because I made that appeal yesterday, and I won't be saying it again for some time. If you do listen regularly, and you are in a position to support your independent media, you should do it. Enough of that now for today. Kay Burley. I love Mad Kay. Lover, Sky News. Kay has done more live television than anyone ever. She has, apparently. Sky has been doing a new thing for some weeks. You know the TV news channel, your TV news channel, wherever you are in the world, it always does the weather, right? Well, Sky has hourly climate change updates, which lasts for about 30 seconds, every hour. They've also got a daily climate change show, but that's another matter. Sky has a report in the morning. Like a telethon, every morning, Kay brings up this beautiful computer display and it shows us just how bad the climate change is getting. The climate change. And sometimes it can be Kafkaesque, I don't know.
3: Uh, let's have a look at uh, what's happening as far, our, as far as our climate change uh, dashboard is concerned. Um as I've said to you before,
0: <laughs> the climate change dashboard. Before
3: it does look a little bit complicated. It's not
0: really. Kay is going to talk you through it now.
3: Um, the top one is uh, which fuels we're using in real time. You'll remember yesterday it was an awful lot of fossil fuels. That is uh, being uh, replaced a little bit now by the renewables. The figure in the middle, thirty six. <laughs> so there's
0: a there's been a change in the ratio of fossil fuels being used against renewables. That's happened overnight, according to Mad K, on the dashboard, so this is good stuff. think play school, think Jack and Ori think bosco when when listening to Kay and her presentation style
3: sent uh, the next one down uh, that 's how much warmer the earth is now than in eighteen eighty when records first began. <laughs> And then the figure below that, that is how long scientists believe it will take to reach the plus one and a half degrees Celsius figure, seen by many as a point of no return for the planet. And finally, the big scary number at the bottom that's the total.
0: The big scary number at the bottom.
3: Total amount of CO2 emissions since the Industrial Revolution.
0: Wow. And that is how
3: much we're spewing out in real time. Now. Go on, Kay. Um, now, let's uh, update you on the progress of one of Europe's biggest and greatest living explorers. Here he is. We're talking about Wally, the walrus. What? What was that?
0: After that climate change report? That is how much we're
3: spewing out in real time.
0: Lovely. We're all going to die and...
3: Um, now, let's uh, update you on the progress of one of Europe's biggest And greatest living
0: explorers. Leif Erikson. I don't know. Christopher. No, no, they're dead. They're dead. Yes, yes. Greatest living explorers. David Attenborough. No. Here he is. We're talking about Wally the Walrus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fantastic. We're talking about Wally the Walrus. Wally the Walrus. Is Europe's greatest living explorer. Where has he been? Where is he going? Where has he come from? Europe's biggest and greatest living
3: explorers. Here he is. We're talking about Wally, the walrus. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. After 22 days, no confirmed sightings, he's been spotted, this time, in Iceland. Since March, he's, uh, well, travelled. He's uh, four years old, relaxing on a speedboat. He weighs 800 kilos. If he wants to sit in your speedboat, you're going to say, no problem. A
0: little bit less than your mother, Kay.
3: Uh, He was spotted in Wales, in Ireland, in France, in Spain, and also off the Isles of Scilly. And if you are wondering where's Wally going next, experts predict he should be in the Arctic later on this year. He doesn't take a boat. He does tend to um, swim himself. Um, And he has been seen off Iceland. Now he can travel again.
0: Knock, knock, open wide. Come with me through the other side. Knock, knock, any more? Come with me through the magic door. The wonders of Cape Early. I I swear, it, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. If you've got access to YouTube, you can watch this festival of madness every morning between 7 and 10. It's also World Car Free Day today. The United Nations has asked us all to walk, to take a bicycle or to take public transport today. I didn't know this until this morning. I had no intention of driving. But just for that, just for being told to walk, to take a bike or to get on a bus, I drove my car 35 metres to my local corner shop. And, 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 I left the engine running outside while I chatted about cricket with Zomar for about 25 minutes. Then I drove the 35 metres back to the house, left the car running for another 10 minutes, and then turned it off. And my car is diesel. Fuck him, is what I say. Now, this is really important. The Education Select Committee which, like all committees, is a cross-party committee as it gets to question the Education Secretary and anyone else who has any input into children's education. This afternoon, the committee has been mildly interrogating Chris Whitty, Chief Medical Officer for England, his deputy Jonathan Van Tam, Dr Camilla Kingdon, the President of the Royal College of Paediatrics, Professor Wei Shen Lim, the chair of the Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunisation and Professor Keith Willett, NHS England. They were questioning them, the committee was questioning these people about the decision to offer COVID jabs to 12 to 15 year olds. And it got interesting, I've been listening all day, and editing furiously, first of all. Here is Jonathan Van Tam on the consequences for children who do not want a jab. Van Tam wanted to assure people that children would not be discriminated against in terms of school activities or extracurricular activities, Van Tam.
4: Chair, you asked about dis- potential discriminatory behaviour uh, based on whether a child had or had not received um, a COVID-19 vaccine. Um, Accepting that the processes are slightly different, the UK has been um, immunising children of school age against um, another respiratory virus, influenza, for more than a decade. And I have never once heard of any differential or discriminatory treatment of children according to whether they had or had not had the live attenuated influenza vaccine nasal spray Um, delivered by the school immunisation service. So um, whilst I understand the theoretical um, question you are raising, I I believe I'm extremely reassured personally by the extreme competence of the system to have avoided that um, for at least a decade in terms of influenza immunisation.
0: Right, now Keith Willett and Chris Whitty were in agreement. Confidentiality will reign supreme there will be no retaliation against children who refuse the jab we'll see dr caroline johnson mp conservative mp and gp wanted to ask why not vaccinate the kids who have not had covid and leave the kids who have had covid alone this is really important and this is very good caroline johnson why
1: not vaccinate just those children
0: Well, witty finds it funny. This is an excellent question. Why would you leave? Why would you not vaccinate the kids who have never had COVID, presuming they are at some risk of COVID, which they're not? Why would you not do that? Why would you want to vaccinate a child who's already had COVID? Witty thinks it's funny. her question. That's because he's flailing. He's not quite like the duck. Because above the surface of the water, the duck appears to be calm. If you watch this back later, witty is well flustered here. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, why,
1: why, why, why? So I, I guess, you know, we know that children from black and ethnic minority groups are more at risk from Covid. We know that boys are more at risk of myocarditis. And we know that um, quite a lot of children, half of them have already had it already. So if you're one of the hundreds of thousands of uh, white boys, for example, who've had it already, is the vaccine still a
0: good idea for you? Well, You've had it already. Is it any good for you, the vaccine? Well, I mean, you could do a theoretical thing where you say if you're a middle
5: class white boy, we'll do a blood test, work out if you've got serology positive, if you are, we won't do a vaccination. Mm. I'm not convinced that feels to me like an effective public health intervention. Ha
0: <laughs> ha, sarcasm. I think I recognise that. Witty dares to be sarcastic with the GP and jokes about oh we'll give all these boys tests to make sure that they've had serology whatever the bloody hell that is in other words he's saying oh yeah yeah let's do that let's get all the kids in the country and let's test them to see if they've had covid or not blah blah but of course that's what he should do
5: and what we really wanted to do was build on what jcvi said there is still benefit over over uh, benefit of vaccination over uh that harm. child yeah for every individual child on average uh, well, well, before you onto education you want
1: to you want to spread everything out for for, for those children no, what, for what i'm just saying is
5: yeah what to, to see be in a situation where we say we're not going to offer and the key word here is offer this is a voluntary thing mm-hmm. offer this vaccine to people on some degree of will discriminate on some basis and i you'd have to lay out exactly who you thought you shouldn't get the vaccine <laughs> on your plans, doesn't seem to me something is
0: operationalizable, nor... Operationalisable? Now, dear listener, I'm an English graduate. I can't find that word in any dictionary. You'd have to lay out exactly who you
5: thought you shouldn't get the vaccine <laughs> on your plans, doesn't seem to me something is operationalizable nor necessarily even desirable. But, a, a, you know, I would go back to the fundamental point that we were really hit by the incredibly powerful testimony from around the country on the areas of deprivation. But it has happened everywhere. I, I, I would be surprised if any school in your constituencies has had zero disruption and no children affected uh, adversely okay. in terms of well, their that education. Made.
0: That is world-class waffling. He isn't, asking, he isn't answering her question, which is fairly straightforward. What's the benefit to a child who's already had COVID getting the vaccine? Have you factored that in? He won't answer it. Apparently, operationalizable is a word. <laughs> I've looked it up again while taking the piss out of witty. Operationalizable. Jesus, the first time I've ever heard it. Anyway, right. Have you got last one, Caroline? Yeah, last one.
1: So, so I, so i just just to be really clear on this. If you if you're a parent in a rural area with relatively low levels of COVID disruption so far, um. Who, who, who is white, male, and already certainly had COVID and tested positive for COVID before. Is the vaccine still for that child in their benefit?
0: Fantastic. She won't let it go. Child has had COVID, tested positive for COVID. A child didn't do anything to the child. A child as well has had COVID, must have antibodies. Is the vaccine for the child? It.
5: The vaccine will will be at a smaller benefit if a child has definitely had uh, COVID in terms of increasing infection. It's not at zero benefit because it will certainly strengthen the immune uh, response. So this is not a, a, a no effect. Uh, But certainly the people we are most concerned about are those who have not had COVID previously uh, in in terms of healthier children.
0: Right. So you're concerned about the ones who haven't had COVID previously. She just asked you about those who have had it. Those who have had it hardly need a fucking vaccination. So why would you not, if you were really a man of health, if you were really a man of medicine, why would you not seek to determine which children in the country have had the fucking thing and which haven't? If you're a man of medicine and you really believe that COVID is serious and you really believe that children may need the vaccine, why again would you not want to find out which kids have had it, which kids have had not, and vaccinate the ones that have had not? This is central. And he's waffling away.
5: Trying to differentiate between that is... is practically very difficult.
0: How could it be practically very difficult to differentiate between the children who've had the fucking thing and the ones who haven't? You've been able to do it at every airport, every bus station, every tram station, every outhouse, shithouse and hen house in the country. You've been able to test people with PCR tests. You've been able to test them with with with, 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 with lateral flow tests. So surely you could give them an antigen test. Surely. How could it be problematic, how could it be difficult to undertake to undertake an investigation into which kids have had COVID which haven't. What a lawyer he is. She stitched them up here but she doesn't get enough time to really get after it.
5: And in pr- in, you know, it's not obvious to me what gain you get from this.
0: Well if- the gain you would get is you would know which kids have had COVID in the past, therefore you would know not to vaccinate them. You cretin! And the ones who haven't still, of course, should not be vaccinated. Obviously. Of course they shouldn't. But you could make a better argument. You, you baldy, fish-eyed goon. You could make a better argument for vaccinating those who failed the antigen test, meaning they don't have any antibodies because they never had COVID. You could make a better argument. See, this is proof that there's something really sinister going on here. It's not about them trying to protect anybody. Granny, granddad, great granddad, or otherwise. They're desperate for the children of this country to have these jabs for some other reason. What is the reason you ask, you baldy gammon fucker? I don't know. I have my suspicions, but I can't prove my suspicions. I believe it's about long term great harm and transformation of what it is to be human. That's what I believe. Well what's the point he said, or well, I don't I don't see the point in undertaking such an exercise. Well, you're supposed to be a man of medicine First, do no harm, I believe. Why would you want to give a COVID vaccine to a child that has had COVID before and is now immune to it? This is, this is shocking. This is this afternoon in 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 Westminster, the Education Select Committee.
5: Given that actually, even at an individual level, benefits marginally exceed our harms uh, as JC... Did. And
0: he waffles on about benefits marginally exceeding harms. The benefits marginally... Exceed the harms, the myocarditis. So let's just jab the kiddies. This goes on. This goes on. And it gets into consent. And this is important. The same MP, Caroline Johnson, conservative MP, wanted to find out why is there no mention of myocarditis on some of the literature being sent to mums, dads, and the children who will be offered the job. This is really, really important.
1: Just one question, because I think the communication is really important and it's really important that when families make a decision, they do so with informed consent. And we're very familiar with the concept of informed consent as doctors. Um, someone gave me the leaflets that are being given, I don't know whether there's something that you have um, a bit of responsibility for, uh, Professor Whitty, but there's an easy read version and a guide for children and young people on whether or not, in terms of uh, their consent, one's a consent, form one's a consent leaflet for children um, to read before they consider whether they will or not they would have the vaccine for their parents to read with them. Um, Both of them talk about coronavirus being an illness that might have deadly consequences, which is fair because it's true. But neither of them say that the effects are marginal or tiny or small or any other word that might be understood by children. Neither of them mention the educational um, rationale at all. Do you think that's fair?
5: I think, well, I, 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 although you've generously said I'm, res- I, I, I'm responsible for the answer is actually n- <laughs> no, I'm not. Although, obviously, it's if curious. I so, well, I was going to say that the people who can probably answer this best, in fact, are, are Sir Keith. So just to come in on it, as I understand it, it doesn't mention the risks of the, albeit very minimal, understandably the minimal uh, of my, myocarditis.
0: That's the chair of the Education Select Committee, Robert Halfon MP. And he doubles down alongside Caroline Johnson and says, "You're giving information to people about the jab, and you are omitting the harms and the risks of having these jabs." Oh, that's,
5: inc- that's, that's incorrect. It, so it one, definitely of does, does. one of them does. So, so what I suggest we do is, one we hear from
0: Sir Keith and hear I, I
5: have been asked this by them. The media so and approached it, it, by parents about it. Well, so I'm glad, I'm there glad to say the leaflet going oh, round which does not mention this one
0: does. All yeah, oh, oh, oh. the media and parents have contacted MPs to say why isn't this information on the leaflets? Which he is trying to take control of the hearing that he is a witness to, trying to shut them down, stuttering and spluttering. They're giving leaflets to people about why they should have these jabs. And they're omitting vital information like that one in six thousand children at least will get inflammation of the heart or myocarditis
5: all, all all the ones that are aimed as i understand it at older children and families explicitly mention myocarditis in fact what they don't do is say you also can get it from covid right. but that's by the by uh, and so but i think it, you know the the royal College of paediatrics and child health has been consulted on this Public Health England has been involved, and obviously Keith uh, has also been involved. Do you want to maybe go first, um, uh, Camilla?
6: Um, yes. So, uh, well, I mean, the, the, the documents belong to, I think, Public Health England or it, the, the, to the vaccines programme.
0: Yeah, they, they basically fart on and on and on for about four minutes before they eventually have to concede that at least one of the two documents doing the rounds of schools and being sent to children's parents are not properly representing the potential harm of the vaccine against the very minimal gain. They're, this is half-decent by this Education Select Committee today. Really. Half-decent. Half-decent because they're being too polite with these lawyers. Really. I don't mean you call them names and you descend into the sort of childishness that I sometimes do during these monologues, but that you stop them waffling stop it stop waffling why number 1 would you not test all the kids in the country and and then do not afterwards do not give a jab to a child who's already had covid stop waffling about that and and, and get an answer and particularly about this why are you giving out consent information to people that isn't giving out all the facts speaking of consent they then moved on to Gillick competence. You heard a woman there speaking. It's a doctor. The I mentioned her earlier, the president of the Royal College of Pediatricians, Dr. Camilla Kingdon, that's her name. She is asked then to explain how Gillick consent will work. You know, can the child overrule the parent? If the parent doesn't want the child to have the jab, but the child wants to have it, what happens then? Listen to Dr. Camilla Kingdon then.
6: Exactly. So, so, But I think the point is that I think in the vast majority of cases, the child and the parent will have decided, made the same decision. So, so actually at, at that point, you either give the vaccine because both parent and child have agreed or you don't because neither have. In the unusual circumstance that a child arrives asking for the vaccine, but they don't have their parents' consent, then, I th- you know, then the, the first step that the vaccinator would need to take is to start a conversation with the child to say, "Tell me a bit about um, what you understand this vaccine. What, you know, what it, what's the point of this vaccine? Um, do you understand the, the benefits from the vaccine? Do you understand the potential risks from the vaccine?" And while you're having that com- conversation, as the vaccinator, you're essentially st- making forming a view about whether the child is Gillick competent or not. Now, if you think they are and they haven't got their parents' consent. In, in the real world, the next step would be to say, tell me about your mum and dad. How, you know, did you discuss this with them at home last night or over the last few days? What are their views? And they um,
1: ultimately overturn their parents' refusal or can the parents um, overrule their own decision if it's a decision that they, they
6: don't want to have the vaccine?
0: So The question is being asked by Aspana Begum. She's a Labour MP and these are good questions. So
6: based on Gillick competence, if the child is Gillick competent and they wish to have the vaccine, um, they have the right to receive the vaccine
5: that would be very, very rare in that, even in yeah, that subsection. It, it in, it, it, also, the younger the age, the less likely that is to be the case. I think yeah. that's a kind which, of is, which
6: is why I preface it by saying, if they're getting competent. Yeah. Um, and and that, that's much more likely to be in the kind of 14, 15 year age group. But do you know, I mean, there are some, you know, 12 and 13 year olds who have a, a genuine and, and deep grasp of this, of, of an issue like this and and are capable
0: but yeah she just said there this woman who's the president of the royal college of pediatricians she just said there uh, there are some 12 and 13 year olds who have a grasp who have an understanding of the gravity of this issue whether they should or shouldn't be jabbed with a medicine a treatment that isn't a vaccine that's still in trials and that won't really be of any benefit to them whatsoever she said well 12 and 13 year olds you know they they they've got a good grasp of this, some of them, and I'd be happy with them overruling their parents on that issue. Yes, it is happening twenty-six and a half minutes past the hour. This is your Richie Allen show. It is live as usual from Salford. Dr. Paul Craig Roberts will be with me, hopefully, right soon, and then a little later on I'll be taking your cause. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> This is Betty Boo. I know. Bit of old school today, taking you back to 1990, I think. Betty Boo doing the do on the Richie Allen show. It is uh, exactly 29 and a half minutes past. The hour, or five o'clock, because the programme is live. How are you doing today? Don't forget, I'll be taking your calls a little bit later on on this programme. And I'm sure you'll have plenty to say. Mentioned at the top of the hour, today is the day I'm really serious. I'll be moving them along really quickly, because we'll have about 15 minutes or thereabouts to field the calls today. I'm sure you'll have plenty to say about the Education Select Committee and what you heard a few moments ago from from that committee, which uh, sat today between 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock. Astounding stuff coming out of it. Let's welcome back to the programme a very special guest, an old friend of mine, a former Assistant Treasury Secretary. A very lofty position, indeed, he held. He's a terrific writer, great writer, great broadcaster. You can find him as usual uh, on his website. It's paulcraigroberts.org. Delighted to welcome back my old friend and dear friend, Mr. Paul Craig Roberts. Paul, welcome back. Hello, Richard. Lovely to have you on, sir. That's a lovely backdrop. I wish we were on television. Looks very statesmanlike there with the flags behind you and and, uh, and, and the lovely photographs on the wall. These are troubling times, my friend. I've been reading uh, your website as I do most days, and I don't uh, say that lightly. I do all the time. I'd like to read a paragraph very quickly from something that you posted uh, yesterday. Coronavirus World Update lies for big pharma, causing more people to die. It's an excellent piece, as usual, very well briefed, very well researched. Let me read the penultimate paragraph. When hospital nurses who have seen the illnesses and deaths caused by the mRNA injection refuse to be jabbed themselves, preferring instead to resign or be fired, And when American hospital protocol is death from COVID is preferable to treatment with ivermectin or HCQ, the only possible conclusions are that the American medical establishment is medically incompetent beyond belief or that the American medical establishment is willingly complicit in a conspiracy to murder. Which is it, Paul?
2: You know... I just listened to Mike Yearden for an hour. That's the former vice president and chief science officer of Pfizer itself and a former CEO of a number of biotech companies that he formed. I think that we are facing a mass conspiracy to murder because there's no other explanation. For example, I'm sitting here looking at an appeal from, um, uh, what's his name, Uh, Robert Malone. And now if I'm remembering correctly, Robert Malone is the person who invented the um, RNA technology that they use as the basis for the vaccine. And he is asking for help because the doctors in America who actually treat the illness and cure it are being persecuted for doing so. Well, why would you do that? In other words, they're taking away their medical license. We now have in the United States the two large uh, pharmaceutical chains. CBS and um, I don't. I started to say Walmart, but it's not Walmart. It's um, it escapes my mind. They will not fill a doctor's prescription for ivermectin, and yet we know ivermectin is safe and effective. For example, uh, last week the Tokyo Medical Association recommended that. All Japanese doctors treat COVID patients with ivermectin. We know that in India, a huge swaths of India, in fact most of the country, they have stopped COVID in its tracks by using ivermectin as a preventative. You take it on a weekly basis, COVID has disappeared. We, we know that in the regions of Africa, where people are subject to river blindness, in those places, ivermectin is regularly used as a preventative of river blindness and there's practically no COVID in those countries. We know that ivermectin is so safe that it is available over-the-counter purchase in most countries. And yes, here we have the large <clears throat> Pharmaceutical chains refuse to fill doctors' prescriptions. And doctors who who are successfully treating patients are finding themselves with their medical licenses pulled and other threats. We have hospital protocols. The official protocols of the hospitals is it is prohibited to treat the the COVID patients with anything that actually helps them. We have now a large number of videos inside the hospitals of nurses and doctors talking about the dire situation in which their hands are tied and they are not permitted to treat the patients not only are they not treated to permit the patients, they are not permitted to report the adverse vaccine reactions. They are are forced, under threat of termination, to report all of the deaths associated with the vaccine, all of the illnesses, the serious health injuries from the vaccines, they are forced to report them as COVID cases. I posted today a video from a hospital where the doctor and the nurses are trying to confront this situation and, and their conscience is telling them they can't participate in this any longer. And yet nothing changes except the net grows tighter around people. In the states, in the United States, the governors of states still have a certain amount of power and a certain amount of autonomy. Now, governors such as the one in Florida, his name is DeSantis, They refused the lockdown, they refused mask mandates. What DeSantis did was to establish all over the state clinics for the monoclonal antibodies. So if you get sick, you just go to one of these clinics and they give you the antibodies and COVID goes away. Well, what happened last week? Biden cut the allocation to these Republican states who were treating the actual COVID by 50%. And now they're trying to contrive um, cases to bring against Governor DeSantis for not having mask mandates, uh, for not having vaccination mandates. In other words, they're trying to criminalize the guy who's protecting the residents of Florida. Now, why would you do all this if you didn't have some dark agenda?
0: Yeah, there was a time when many of my guests, I've been doing this program for years. You've been coming on with me for years. Thankfully, there was a time when, myself included, we would put down these anomalies to greed, corruption and a desire for personal enrichment. But now it's fair to say many of us have had to look at our souls and and accept the possibility that it's way beyond the enrichment of a few pharmaceutical companies. There's something deeply, deeply wrong here. By the way, in case my listeners are asking me to ask Paul for evidence that doctors are being told to put vaccine injuries down as COVID. I'm not going to demand evidence from Paul Craig Roberts because I've seen the same doctors on social media, real doctors, saying what Paul has alleged they said, what Paul said they said. So I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to play that game. They are saying it. And Irish doctors, Paul, I'm obviously in the UK, but I'm an Irishman. Irish doctors are being told they face losing their licence to practice if they dare attempt to prescribe hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. And just before you come back in, I'll put this to you. If you needed proof that this is more sinister than money, for me the proof is, Paul, is that every bloody government seems to be in total lockstep with this agenda. Every one of them, except for a couple of Eastern European countries and except for a couple of Central American countries, and they all seem to be using the same language and reading from the same script, don't they?
2: Yes. Exactly. Certainly all of the Western countries, the UK, uh, the EU, United States, Australia, Canada, these are certainly marching that way. In India, no. Uh, In much of Africa, they, they don't have much of a threat because they're either taking HCQ to ward off malaria, or they're taking ivermectin to ward off river blindness, Um, I think the Indian practice is spreading in other parts of Asia. So they're not uh, doing the vaccination. They're not uh, doing the boosters. They're simply preventing COVID by using ivermectin as a preventative. Uh, There's a very large, one large province in India Uh, It has 231 million people. Uh, Only 5% are vaccinated and COVID has disappeared. It is a province in which ivermectin is used as a preventative. So, and I don't know about what they're doing in uh, Latin and South America. In Mexico you can buy ivermectin and hcq over the counter and in
0: spain yeah that's a really good point paul i lived in spain for some years and a friend of mine there tells me that you can get it over the counter you can get most things over the counter in spain so where it's being used COVID is basically fading away as basically an inconsequential respiratory virus where it isn't being used They're testing people, finding cases. Many of the people are healthy anyway, and they're using that information to bring about, well, totalitarianism, really, in our countries. I can't describe it any other way, really.
2: Well, you can see it with the COVID passport. They're they're very much after having a COVID passport. And this thing will be, you know, digitized. It'll be in a central database. Now, once they have that passport, they, they have total control over you. They can uh, they can announce any kind of policy they want. And if you don't abide by that policy, all of a sudden, poof, you're canceled. You can't go to the store. You can't go, you can't participate in, independent, in, in uh, entertainment you can't travel they can they can stop you access to your bank account your bank card once they have that covid passport that's the total end of any kind of liberty uh, freedom will be a forgotten word you will be totally controlled and you have to comply or you are simply canceled you're cut off so this this seems to be what they're driving at. They're driving for this. Now, there may also be here a real population reduction program because what we are learning is that the vaccine does not protect you. It actually makes you more vulnerable to catching COVID. If you look at the most vaccinated um, countries they're the ones who have the highest percentage of their population struck down with covid
0: like the uk where, where I'm speaking to you from like here that's right
2: yeah, yeah. israel is israel, israel yeah. is a great case so is gibraltar so is iceland like in iceland 95% of the population is what they call fully vaccinated and yet the hospital is full of vaccinated people so the question is are are the is the medical establishment calling the adverse reactions to the vaccine covid cases so they don't have to report them as adverse reactions and so what you're seeing in these highly vaccinated countries, it may well be this. these are hospitals full of people with adverse reactions to the vaccine. And they're calling those COVID cases instead of adverse reactions. That way they don't have to report them to the databases. And that way they can claim the vaccines are safe. So, and the same for variants, what they're calling variants. Uh, These may simply be the adverse reactions to the vaccine. So when it's official protocol in the United States that hospitals in any kind of large health maintenance organization, they do not report any adverse reaction to the vaccines. The only adverse reports they get come from individuals or come from independent medical practices. But if you are a doctor employed in one of these large health maintenance organizations or one of these large hospital chains, you are terminated if you report now when you ask about evidence it's all over my website
0: oh it is it is yeah the
2: thing i said is documented on my website scores of times you're by an old experts, school yeah by experts who are so much higher experts than anybody in any of the regulatory agencies you're
0: an old school writer my friend if you go to paulcraigroberts.org you'll see that paul's articles are book-ended with the proof, with links to the proof, uh, links that to, to prove the, the claims made in the same articles. Paul Craig Roberts is our guest. Don't forget, former US Assistant Secretary of the Treasury, author, broadcaster and writer. It's a stark reality to be talking about depopulation. And yet, Paul... Over the years, speaking to people like yourself, the late, great Jim Mars, rest in peace, uh, the very much alive Gerald Salente, great man, and many others. If you look around the last 30, 40 years, many of the people who've held the highest offices, or not not, not, not the very highest offices, but some of those who surrounded presidents and prime ministers, many of them have been open eugenicists. Many of them have been very much, you know, talking up depopulation over the years. And I don't think, well, I certainly didn't pay enough attention to that over the years. I I agree, I believe that there's enough evidence now to come down on the side that this is some sort of depopulation programme. And where it goes and how many people they want to, to cull or remove, I've no idea. But I'm prepared to accept that it's happening And that's all I can say, really, on that.
2: Uh, Yes. You you know, Bill Gates has been uh, for this for decades. And his vast fortune, of course, gives him access to everything. And we know also this uh, Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum in Davos. This is his agenda. He's written a whole book about it. So there's plenty of evidence that uh, powerful institutions, institutions of the elite, powerful members of the elite, are population control advocates. And so it's entirely possible that that's what the so-called COVID pandemic is all about. If you look at it, Richie, it's been a hoax from the beginning. The very notion that there's a pandemic is a lie.
0: It is, yeah, a lie.
2: The pandemic was created using the PCR tests, which they ran at such high cycles that it produced 97% false positives. That's where they got the huge caseload. The deaths are largely from non-treatment. The protocol is... If you're diagnosed with COVID and you actually have the symptoms of COVID and you're not just a false positive, but you actually have the symptoms, the protocol is you go home. And if you don't recover on your own and you get worse and worse and worse, then you come to the hospital. But what do they treat you with? Ventilators. And the ventilators kill you. You don't get treatment. They don't give you things that stop the process, the progress of the disease. And then suppose you've got a comorbidity and um, and you take the PCR test and it says you've got a COVID and it's a 90, you know, it's a 97 percent false positive. So you don't have COVID. But the test says you do and then you die because you got cancer. They put it down as a COVID death.
0: Yeah, they've been doing it since day one. Absolutely.
2: So, so the whole death thing and case thing are totally manufactured. It's an orchestration. Now, I was listening to Michael Yearden, the former chief science officer of Pfizer, and COVID, it's known by the real experts, it's only slightly more dangerous to the elderly than ordinary flu. It's less dangerous to the young people than ordinary flu. Why then are they inoculating kids, children, teenagers? And now here in the United States, the shills for Big Pharma are putting out the lie that there's one million children, five years old children, who have COVID. Well, that's a complete total lie. It's a total fabrication. And they're doing this in order that the FDA will approve the vaccination of five-year-olds. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. so well, why would you tell all these lies so that you can damage people? See, we already know... All the young people who, who the vaccine, we already know this, is far more dangerous to the young than COVID is. When you got twelve-year-old uh, boys in the prime of health and all, and they take the vaccine, and all of a sudden they got a heart attack. What? How does this happen? You give it to young girls, and all of a sudden they go into uh, shaking convulsions. They can't stop. They're just shaking all over. Nobody knows what to do about it. And they deny it has anything to do with the vaccine. But I think that there's actually now far more vaccine injuries than there are COVID injuries.
0: You've got the VAERS, the VARES reporting system there. Here in the UK, we've got the Yellow Card reporting system. And we do see... Massive reporting of adverse events, of of bad reactions, and we are told, even by the officials themselves, that you're only likely to get one percent reporting. You know that most people who have a an injury from a vaccine, they're not likely to report. So whatever it says on the VAERS system, it's probably ten times worse. When it comes to 10 to 100, hundred, ten to 100. Yeah, it it could be. I'm speaking to Gerald Salente recently. And we talked about uh, the the death numbers. There may be as many as 200,000. Now I'm not putting words in Gerald's mouth. But there may there may be as many as 200,000 vaccine related deaths in your country. Does that sound wildly over the top to you? Or is it feasible?
2: No, I think it's actually understated, because there you would be using the upper end of the reporting range. Ten percent of yeah. the cases reported. Uh, if if only five percent, it'd be four hundred thousand. If only one percent, well, you you you're talking about two million.
0: It's astonishing.
2: so, yeah. so you know, if Anybody who challenges the narrative is censored and they doesn't get on the news. It's not in the print, TV, radio news, the official media. People don't hear about it. Instead, no, they, they hear, oh, there's a million kids have COVID. Oh, my gosh, we have to give the kids a vaccination to protect them. You see, they, this is how they play it. Look how long it took me and even you to catch on that something really bad was going on here because initially I attributed it to profits and then to profits and government control. But obviously it's got to be something worse than that for them to do what they're doing. You know, why why would a hospital... Uh, give up half its nurse and doctor staff simply because they've seen the adverse reactions in patients, and they will not take the vaccine. See, so we've got hospitals here where the the, the nurses are walking away in droves because they've been having to deal with the vaccinated people who have the adverse reactions that they are not allowed to report. That's right. And they have no way of treating them because nobody will admit that it's a vaccine reaction and figure out what to do about it. So, you know, they just say, well, I don't, I, I, I'm not going to take this chance with my life. I'd rather be unemployed and alive. And alive. Than and dead. There's, or, or disabled. What happens if I get disabled and I can't take care of my kids?
0: There's a, uh, huge, uh, there's a huge perfect storm brewing. Because here in the United Kingdom, nurses are walking away in their droves too. This is what I think is going to happen. We're going into a winter now. And our health service here has been deliberately destroyed over a number of years. We have half the beds in the country that we had 30 years ago. So if you get all these nurses walking away, which is going to happen, it's happening in the United States, all of a sudden you've got less staff, you've got less beds, less bed capacity. I believe that the people behind this agenda will, will tell us in the winter, oh, our hospitals are being overwhelmed again because we're short nurses, we've got no doctors and we've got less beds and I think they will use that Problem that they've created, Paul, to justify even more strict lockdowns than ever than we saw in the last 18 months. I, yes, I see that right. Of, yeah,
2: you're right. And they'll use it to force vaccination. Absolutely. They, they'll blame the, the the cases on the unvaccinated, and so all of a sudden you've got you don't have any choice: vaccination or or detention camp. Now, actually. The only safe people are the unvaccinated because we now know that vaccination makes you more susceptible to COVID. And the more booster shots you get, the more susceptible you become. Now, just think what's going to happen this winter with all the nurses and doctors who are vaccinated. They're going to fall ill. There's not going to be anybody in the hospital to take care of anybody.
0: You know what? What's going to happen here, Paul? I don't know if you've been following this. I know you've got plenty on your own plate. We have a social care system here, which is a lovely thing. When you are very old and unable to look after yourself, but you can still live in your own home. Yeah, I know all you about it. Know, you know all about all right. it, right? So you can have yeah. a you can have a carer come around and make your food and tidy your house and, and help you out. Carers have been told if they're not jabbed, they are being fired. So we're gonna have elderly people in hospital at Christmas. The hospitals will not be able to release them to convalesce at home because there won't be any carers. So, the hospitals will collapse, and we're back to the same thing again, and people will be I think you hit the nail on the head. I don't know about camps. I heard you drop in there uh, camps or 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 prisons for the unjabbed. I don't think it's totally out of you know the realms of possibility, but I don't know if they'll do that in the short term. You know, to put pressure on people to be jabbed. The pressure at the moment is ramping up here in the u k We get text messages and letters and emails constantly asking us to go and be jabbed. You ignore them, but they keep coming in anyway. This winter, Paul.
2: They'll use the COVID passport to force you to accept the vaccination.
0: No supermarket, no cinema, no theatre, no jazz club. You can't do anything unless you've accepted the... And You've got the biggest idiot that ever lived in the White House at the moment. There's no doubt about that. A complete clown, right? Even a, a bigger clown than his predecessor, and I don't like any of them. Apart from a few Republican governors, Paul, in the south of the country, is there anybody else in politics or in in, in, in entertainment, anybody famous? Is there anybody that has the guts, that's got a profile big enough to talk about this? Or are they no. all scared?
2: No. There's nobody. And if he talked about it, he would be accused of spreading COVID disinformation and shut down. Look, they won't even let Nobel laureate experts talk about it. Yeah. So, you know, they they won't let the former vice president and chief science officer of Pfizer itself talk about it. So, you know, no, they control the narrative. You and I can talk about it because we're not going to reach hundreds of millions of people. Yeah. And uh, so it's not going to affect their success. They can, you know, if we, we maybe we wake up 50,000 people, but that ain't going to stop their success. So, and that's what Yerden says. He says, you know, I've done everything I can. I know more about it than just about anybody and I'm laying it out but they control access to what I say and so hardly people, few people hear it.
0: They kicked him off Twitter didn't they? They booted him from Twitter they closed his Facebook page. This is a guy who worked at the cutting edge of these technologies so he's a certifiable expert but yet they were able to get rid of him but then Twitter showed social media showed it's, it flexed its muscles last year when it banned the President of the United States of America. I mean, right. how could they get away with that? I mean, if they can get away with banning the President of the United States of America, regardless of whether you like him or not, he's the bloody President. You know, yeah. we want we need to know what he says and what he thinks. They can do it. To, I mean, I've interviewed them all. I've had Sucharit Bhakti on the programme, Professor Dolores Cahill. These are eminent like you are in your field, you are eminent in your field, preeminent. These are eminent people, Paul, and they've managed to basically erase them from, from, from public discourse. It's amazing to me.
2: That's right. And therefore, that's why I conclude there is a very dark agenda. And uh, what is it? It's population uh, reduction. Uh, or are they putting uh, stuff in us that connects us to uh, uh, digital systems? Uh, we have no idea. You know, the, the kind of technology now, uh, the average person hasn't uh, any chance of understanding no,
0: it. No idea.
2: And so what, what's going on? Something very bad is going on when they suppress the real experts. They tell lies that are so counterfactual that ordinary people can see that. And uh, they decimate the population, they decimate the hospital staff. So again, with the large number of uh, doctors and nurses leaving, especially the nurses, and winter coming, and the ones that will be in the hospital will be the vaccinated people, and they are more vulnerable. So what happens if they all get sick? There's nobody in the hospital. Not that you wanna go to the hospital with COVID because they don't treat you. You go to the hospital with COVID, you're gonna die unless you recover on your own. They will not treat you in the hospital. So if you go to hospital with COVID, poof, you're dead. Here we have online, we have Frontier Doctors. That you can uh, send an email, make a payment. They'll call you, and they will prescribe for you over the phone. They'll give you a prescription to a, that'll go to a small pharmacist who will actually fill it. And so, people are forced to treat themselves in this way. Now, the trouble is, more and more people have found out about this, uh, these frontline doctors and now the frontline doctors are so overwhelmed, it takes weeks for them to respond to your call. Yeah. So, you know, it's a very dangerous situation and I, I would expect to see an explosion this winter because, uh, this vaccine just simply makes you more susceptible to everything. Flu and they'll call all the flu cases COVID like they've been doing. You may have noticed we didn't have a flu season last year.
0: No, they said that with a straight face. Yeah. Incredible, was, yeah. Flu disappeared. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It was all COVID. Pull the other one.
0: <laughs> and and what you described there is what the doctors like Eden and others, they call it antibody dependent enhancement. Which yeah. having these MRNA jabs, you might encounter a cold Bug next year or something, and it may result in your immune system attacking itself, manufacturing the spike protein. These are experts, and they're saying this. Can I ask you before we part company today? Tell me to bugger off if you want. I don't mind. But let me ask you a personal question, as a friend. What does it mean to you? What's happening? Do, does do you does does it change the way you live, Paul? Do you think about? the next few years and how you might need to navigate those few years? Are you thinking about those things?
2: Yes. Yes. And I'm not sure we're going to have even a few years. And actually, I have some friends, some European friends, they've moved to Africa. Is that right? Yeah. They've moved to Africa, uh, particularly to the areas where ivermectin is taken weekly and there's no COVID and where there's never been any white colonialists so the blacks aren't hostile and are very friendly and they're simply accepted and they're having the time in their life there's no mass no mandates there's no mention of covid sounds like paradise to me paul i'm i'm thinking you know people are going to start moving to india at least to those provinces that are covid clear because of ivermectin they're going oh they're going to go to japan when, when you have the medical association of tokyo recommending that all Japanese doctors treat COVID with ivermectin, then it's got to clear up in Japan. And that has to inform all of Asia, just as what's happened in India has to inform all of Asia. So it looks to me like the population reduction is going to occur in the Western countries. And the the uh, fears of a number of experts is that the deaths from vaccination are only beginning. They're the they're the deaths that occur almost instantly. Right. But but they expect over the next three years a very large percentage of the vaccinated are going to die.
0: That's what Dolores Cahill told me. It's what Backley yeah. told me. Yeah.
2: And this, this is the opinion of the really top-ranked kinds of scientists who understand what's actually going on in, with this vaccine. The spike protein is toxic. It attacks all the organs in the body. It causes infertility in women. Um, and, and it causes uh, microscopic blood clots that build up in the body, and all of a sudden you drop dead.
0: For some people, yeah, it does, yeah. I mean, please God, some of the experts I've heard from, they've said, look, it won't happen to everybody, but it will happen to a significant amount of people.
2: Yeah, but it'll eventually happen to everybody if they keep giving boosters.
0: If people keep taking boosters, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: So, so now we have two shots, you were fully vaccinated, nope. You're not anymore, so you got two shots. You're not vaccinated. If you got two shots, you're not qualified for a COVID passport. You got to have a booster. In, Italy, in 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 Israel now, they're on the fourth shot, fourth, the second yeah, four, booster. Yeah. yeah, already. Yeah. So, and and uh, Fauci, the the guy here at NIH, the one who financed the COVID research at the Wuhan lab, he says, oh. The back the boosters are only good for five to eight months, so you gotta it means you're going to be having a new shot every five to eight months. And if you have a COVID passport and you don't get the booster, the passport runs out, it
0: does it becomes Ill- illegitimate. Yes,
2: yeah. so yeah. so the passport's only good for whatever period of time they say you have to have a booster it's five months, eight months, whatever they decide on.
0: Here's the final question for you today, then. And don't wait to be asked to come back. Come back anytime you want. You know that. You've got an open door here. Final question today, then. Is it possible? Is there a little glimmer of hope that things might get so serious this winter that it might light a fire under under people, under our neighbours who are going along with the agenda? Is there some possibility?
2: You know, it might wake up the dumb part of the population uh, on the other hand it may simply simply pay into the hands of the fear mongers and they'll simply say see we told you it's all the fault of the unvaccinated and then we've got to protect ourselves by forcing them to be vaccinated so it could go either way
0: yeah
2: you see here i think the people are just so insouciant there's no there's not much hope. In Europe, you see massive protests of lockdowns, of mask mandates, of 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 COVID passports. Right. You know, there there's been massive protests in Europe and now in in Australia. So some people, some people in some of the Western countries are resisting. The people here are resisting. Or the independent doctors who aren't subject to some imposed protocol because they're independent. It's their own practice. So they're the ones resisting. Uh, but, you know, there's not that's not enough people to overthrow a system. I think that if you want to know the honest truth, the only thing that's going to save us from a totalitarian existence or death this revolution we have to overthrow the governments that are doing this to us they'll have to be overthrown and killed in the streets all or right or kill us that's yeah. that's the actual situation richie and how many people can face up to that <laughs> hardly any in fact and when they hear me say this, they'll say, oh, he's a cook." See, we told you he's a cook.
0: No, they'll accuse you of inciting violence. And I don't believe you're doing that. I don't believe you're inciting it. Look, I'm I,
2: just saying what the situation is. I, right?
0: Listen, I, I, I would never um, censor you or, or or, try to, you know, to, uh, to, to, to browbeat you. Listen, I understand why you said that. I think you're right about revolution. I would prefer that we saw a really meaningful nonviolent civil disobedience that's what i would prefer to happen because that can bring these you know these thugs to a halt too if people just stop complying i i, I just i pray for the day Paul.
2: but it doesn't richard they come out with the horses and the clubs and the yeah. guns you know the, the reason peaceful protests is no longer effective is the governments no longer feel they have any obligation to represent the people
0: yeah
2: the only way a peaceful protest is effective if the government itself is constrained by an obligation to do the people's will
0: yeah
2: but when they are but when they got some agenda to either kill people off or or, or take away their liberties they don't have that Feeling of obligation to take into account what the people want and so they just use force if you look at what the police look like i I was looking at some of them here the other day you remember that movie robocop
0: oh yeah yeah
2: well they look like that yeah they do it's massive forms of body armor and weapons and it and why? How, how is this a civil police force?
0: But you, to be fair, you've been writing about this, the militarization of the police. You've been talking about this for a long time. You've mentioned it to me. You've watched that creeping agenda where the police began to look more and more like cyborg warriors, you know, rather than just regular police. I remember, Paul, growing up in Ireland, a policeman would have a blue shirt on him, He'd have a navy trousers. He would have a truncheon, and that would be it. He would have a little cap with a peak, and he was a nice guy. He knew people. You could ask him, you know, questions about things. Now when I see a police officer here in in the northwest of the UK, they look like what you just described. They look like combat warriors.
2: Yeah, and, and you don't know what's going to happen if you speak to them.
0: No, no. Yeah. So look, I'm, I feel like a bit of a hypocrite because when you talked about peaceful protests being, you know, no, it not being worthwhile, I have to agree. I've said it on this programme, you know, 500,000 people went to London to protest lockdown and to protest vaccine passports. But then they went home back to their houses and back to their jobs. They were only about 200 metres away from 10 Downing Street. I wonder if five hundred thousand people had peacefully walked through the gates of Downing Street and told Boris Johnson, not killed him, not punched him, but told him, "Listen, you need to go now. Your time is up." You know, I could take that. I could promote that. I could accept that. I think if we get violent with them, they've got all the weapons. They've got all the machinery. You know, that's all we've got. All the people. But we've got the numbers, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We've got the
2: numbers. And and the question really is, when the people turn forcefully against the government, what do the police and the army do? Yeah. Generally, they join the people.
0: I'd love to believe that. And I'm not going to argue with you. I'd love to believe it. I spoke to a policeman recently, Paul. This will give you a giggle. And he was nice. He was nice. We were having a chat. And I asked him how long did he envisage staying in the police force because he said he was in his early 30s. And he said to me, I didn't tell him I was a journalist. He said, well, well, mate, he said, I'll probably stay until I'm retired, probably mid-50s, late-50s. And I, I laughed at him and I said, mate, they've got companies called Boston Dynamics and other companies, Raytheon they've got soldiers already in development uh, robot soldiers just like the robocop's Paul you talked about i said you won't have a job in 10 years in 10 years time we we will be policed by drones and by robots and he looked at me as if i'd said something stupid you know and i said well he doesn't understand he just doesn't know so maybe we have a window of opportunity in the next 5 years to do something but um i'm i'm with you i'm i'm Aghast at people's gullibility. This is the thing that's really affected me in the last 18 months. I am so shocked, Paul, by how willingly people have swallowed the obviously ridiculous lies. And as an intellectual, you're an intellectual, it must really upset you too to see people. I'm sure you have neighbours who go along with this, you know.
2: Yeah, it, it, it's very discouraging that so many people are complicit. Yeah in the destruction of their own freedom and liberty, and health, and maybe life. It's really discouraging that that people are complicit in their own demise, because they can't be bothered to find out, they can't be, it never occurs to them, how come all these Nobel laureates are kooks and and disinformation artists, you know, it doesn't make any sense, but they don't ever say, that can't be so, what's going on here? so people are complicit in their own destruction and that for me is very discouraging i often say why am i bothered to write all i'm doing is making enemies of the ruling establishment and people continue to go along with their own demise and you know and the, the reason i said i think the only solution is revolution. That's just to show how desperate I think the situation is.
0: Yeah, I agree.
2: I agree. I'm revolution. Are, I'm absolutely. far too old to get out in the streets and live, and lead a revolution. I mean, uh, I'm not of that age. You'd have to be, uh, you know, a young guy with all the statum and strength and energy to do something like that. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's when I say that it, it shows really how dire, I think, the situation is. What's going to change it?
0: I hear you loud and clear. Can I get a final thought from you on this? There are people who read org. They listen to this programme and others. They are aware of the agenda you have just laid out. So they know what's going on. They're not scared to admit it. But I'll tell you something, Paul. When we talk about revolution and overthrowing the governments, one of their primary fears is, one of the big questions they have, what would fill the vacuum? And for many people that are awake to the agenda, they fear that the vacuum will be filled by the strongest and only the fittest will survive and that nobody will look after them and that we'll be basically run by mob rule now, that isn't an illegitimate fear. Do you want to give me a final thought on that? It's been great having you back today.
2: Well, Richie, how is that any worse than what we've got? Fair <laughs> That's yeah. a serious question. Yeah. Are we going to get somebody who wants to, to kill us in, in more evil and deceptive ways? Or take away our liberties in more evil and deceptive ways? Or, you know, how is it any worse than what we've got? That's the question. I mean, I have a hard time imagining anything worse than what we've got, where the narrative is 100% a lie. It's doing harm to people's health, to their careers, their families, their prospects, their and their liberties. And and this is just the beginning of what they're doing to us.
0: It's only the beginning.
2: So, you know, how, how can it be any worse? I mean, I could, could even Lenin be worse? You know, it's it's a very difficult question. At least uh, the Russians survived. But if this narrative of a killer vaccine is true, we're not going to survive.
0: Folks, do me a favor. Bookmark org. Read Paul's articles. More importantly, when you do, please support him financially. You've got to do it. When using uh, information that you get from Paul at his website and other independent content creators you must support it advertisers are not flocking to the Richie Allen show they're not flocking to paulcraigroberts.org because of the nature of the conversations that Paul is having he's having he's, he he has the guts to write about these scenarios paulcraigroberts.org listen i meant it don't wait for me to reach out to you give me a shout in a few weeks and we'll we'll get back on and we'll we'll put heads about this again
2: Okay, if they haven't picked me up by then. If they haven't picked you up, that's right.
0: Paul, Godspeed to you. Thanks again for today. Speak soon and bye for now.
2: Okay, Richie, thanks for sharing your audience.
0: Anytime, Paul. The great Paul Craig Roberts live on Wednesday's Richie Allen Radio Show. The time is coming up for 23 minutes past 6 o'clock. Top man, paulcraigroberts.org. Now, what am I going to do now? Look, this is the way it is, right? There's about 38 minutes left in the programme. I am leaving at five minutes to seven, like it or lump it. But I will open the phone line in a moment so you can share your thoughts with me. Today I'm going to be a mainstream... (laughs) Can't even say that without stuttering. I'm going to be an MSM presenter today. I'm going to give you two minutes. And that's it. And then I'm going to cut you off. Not rudely. Because I'm going to get a lot of calls, right? Uh, I've got to play some music and open the phone system, which takes about 30 seconds. If you do want to call me, it couldn't be simpler. It's
1: your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44. 161 818
0: 2018. Talk to Richie now. Couldn't be simpler at all, right? Okay. Thanks again to Paul. Uh, The Richie Allen Show with you till 7 o'clock. Your call is next. Right, we're off to Australia. First up, it's Jackie Crosby, my friend Jackie, who's been in touch with me in the last couple of days to talk about the protests by construction workers in Victoria. Jackie, it's very late there. How are you, Katie? Are you well?
7: Yes. Hi. Good to have you on. It's it's stupid
0: o'clock there, isn't it?
7: It's Bloody three o'clock,
0: yeah. <laughs> and you're up and you're live. Listen, thanks yeah, for. Th- I
7: want to talk to you, mate.
0: Right, fill us in. What's going on? We're going to keep it. Ch- I'm yeah. going to move people on quickly. I know. So I've give, got a, give us give us two minutes. You've only you've got two minutes. Told me already. I know it's three o'clock too. Go ahead, Jackie.
7: Yeah, I've got two minutes. You've told me. I want to say thank you to Paul Craig Roberts. Came up with with such great ideas. Um, But before that, I had some of my own ideas. Um, Yeah, where do I start? Okay, Australia has been taken over. Um, We've got seven states and two two territories. Uh, They've all got their own uh, agendas, but they're all in lockstep. But they aren't. Uh, but they're all in lockstep with the rest of the world. I mean, work that up. Um, Melbourne today. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. What went on today, uh, yesterday? Jackie?
0: Sorry, Jackie. What went yeah. on? What went on, on on Wednesday in Melbourne? What happened?
7: Well, Wednesday's today. What about yesterday? What about the day before? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, none of what you see on the mainstream media is true. Um, there was no violence in with the protesters. Um, uh, two days ago, we had X amount of police and Robocops, um, and that wasn't good. Uh, There was rubber bullets and gas canisters, uh, which I've never seen in my life here in Australia. Um, But today, uh, well, last night, uh, uh, the police commissioner of Victoria uh, uh, stated that uh, they will create new tactics for tomorrow, which was today, if you understand. I know, I get you.
0: Yeah, I hear you.
7: Yeah, yeah. And um so today uh,
0: Jackie, hang on a second. To, hang on one second. These are construction workers who have said we we will not consent to being vaccinated in order to be permitted to go to work. Uh they're 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 protesting against no jab, no job, right?
7: Absolutely. Um, it's worse than that. Um the Victorians um you know Chairman Dan um, actually only said a few days ago they had a week to get jabbed or not actually have a job anymore in the construction site. Now, we have a big problem here because it's not enough time, even if you wanted to have a jab, because there aren't any... We won't even go into that. That is ridiculous. These people don't want to have jabs. Um, uh, We've had a situation in Victoria where um, they are um, calling for, you know, um, freedom of choice and um, this and that. What happened yesterday or two days ago with this Victorian government is simply um, dictatorial. It's, it's, it's absolutely beyond the pale. You seem to be uh, having
0: it worse there than anybody else. You're you're going into uh, you're kind of coming out of your winter now. But in the past couple of months, it's been kind of tyranny on steroids there, Jackie. I'd love to get you on actually, to talk more about it at a yeah. better time for you, to be honest, Jackie. We can do a pre-record early in the morning for me, when it's um, more convenient for you, uh, to talk about it. So, so you can formulate your thoughts a bit more. It's a silly o'clock there for you. I really Thank want you. to talk about Australia, so so we can definitely do yeah. that. I oh, know I'll, I'll 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 sort that out and we'll do that. Um, but for 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 the moment, I'm going to move on because I've not got so much time. But I thanks for it. thanks yeah, for updating yeah, us, Jackie, yeah. on what's going on 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 uh, in the Australian situation there Uh, John is uh, well John was he's gone now we'll get him back in a moment is he there are you there John Uh, John in Austin is going to come on for a couple of minutes and I am going to move him on every two or three minutes because there are lots of calls coming through right now John in Austin in Texas uh, my friend how are you pal All right, Richie hanging on in there now I'm moving him along I'm moving him along every three minutes What's no, going on, okay. pal? What's going What's going on in Austin, in Texas? You heard Paul Craig Roberts there. It seems to be less tyrannical in the South. Last time we spoke, you told me it was indeed a bit less tyrannical. Is that still the case?
8: I would I would say so. I am not sure what to make of this governor now. The as far as Austin goes, actually, Austin City Council they're in disagreement with him about this mask mandate stuff. And I noticed when that was mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I started noticing in the, in the supermarket that there was a lot more people that started wearing masks again. Uh. Yeah. But, I mean, these people, they're just, God forgive me, Richard, they're just—they're not the brightest people in the world, you know? They mean well, but they're just not well-informed. It's as simple as that. Well, what have they um, got,
0: John? They've got NBC, CNN, they've got Fox News. And if they're in Texas, they're more than likely watching Fox News, meaning they'll get a bit of Tucker Carlson and they might get a bit of um, Hannity. But even Fox, outside of Carlson, even Fox is basically both, you know, it's pushing the same narrative, isn't it? COVID bad, jabs important, yeah.
8: Well, I don't have television, so I don't see those mainstream news. But what I like to do when I go to bed at night is I have uh, the BBC World News, which is broadcast by npr national public radio and what i used to do would i'd have my timer set for that to come back on in the morning when i woke up which would be the local npr station and richie i had to stop listening to it man because it was doing my head in. it was covid 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 bloody covid stop Uh, yeah if, if you'd listen to this woman i used to joke about I'd get up and look out in the street expecting to see bodies piled high. That's how bloody <laughs> bad the propaganda was. Absolute nonsense. But the sickening thing is, mate, a lot of these people buy that crap.
0: They do buy it, yeah.
8: Yeah. They do. But listen, let me get on to my main point because I've only limited time. And you happened to mention this yesterday, actually, the three-day week back in the 1970s. Oh, the 70s,
0: yeah. Well, you were kind of old enough to remember this.
8: Oh, I remember it vividly, mate. I was living and working in Altrincham at the time. Uh, Fortunately for me, I was still able to work the five days. But as a result of that, the miners' strike brought down the Heath government and Harold Wilson got in for his third term as prime minister, which is quite an achievement, actually, back in those days. But fast forward to '79, when the great Maggie Thatcher arrived on the scene and top of her agenda was the trade union movement, she was hell-bent on destroying the trade union movement. And number one on her list, of course, was the miners' union to punish them for what they had done. So she set out to destroy Arthur Scargill, who didn't have the greatest public image in the world, mate. He was an ugly-looking bastard. He had a horrible comb-over hairdo and he had a (laughs) nose like Fagin (laughs) from Oliver. But she managed to destroy him. And here's 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 how devious these bloody buggers are. She she blamed Scargill of stealing the miners' pension fund and putting it into a Swiss bank account. Now, and she 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 accused him of being able to do this through Colonel Gaddafi. Now, some guy unbeknownst to us all at the time, but this transpired about a year a year and a half later. Some journalist from the Daily Mirror had gone down the rabbit hole into this and found out. That Thatcher was, in fact, lying. Scargill wasn't stealing money from the the union pension fund. And she was actually using Colonel Gaddafi to bring in coal from South Africa.
0: That's right. Now, let me ask you this. Did Thatcher, because I can't remember, did she accuse Scargill from the dispatch box in the House of Commons? I think she might have done. Therefore, Um, invoking parliamentary privilege... Whereby she couldn't be sued for what she said in the house, is that right? Because he should have sued her for libel, but maybe yeah. he couldn't because she invoked or she used uh, the cover of parliamentary privilege. I wonder. That's I, very I interesting.
8: I that, mate. i need to go and look. It up, I'm not I trying to catch do. you out
0: now. Your 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 memory of history is brilliant. You're spot on. But how did she get away with libelling Scargill? Yeah, because she did that's right let me
8: just let me just add one quick thing go ahead John uh, now Harold Wilson was a bit of a hero of mine back then me being a a trade unionist and a yeah. socialist uh what I found out years later really upset me I found this out about five or six years ago that uh, in the late 60s Wilson had started negotiations with the American government to remove the population off the island of Diego Garcia and have them there were about two thousand people people approximately, to move them onto the mainland of Mauritius because the Americans wanted that place to build a military base. Now, why on earth would the Americans specifically want a military base there? Well, fast forward to the year 2000, or sorry, uh, ni- when was the first Gulf War?
0: 1990?
8: 1991, yeah. 91, yeah. So 91, yeah. Uh, Harold Wilson went down in my estimation there. All this is... Was that
0: a a wake-up call for you, the understanding that none of these people are the saviours or are the the decent, you know, uh, public servants that we think they are? They're just not. Absolutely. I have
8: no faith whatsoever in politicians at all now, Richie. Now, the reason I wanted to talk about this is looking at the situation we're in just now. Now, the strike back then brought down the, the Heath government. Now, what did Thatcher do? She shut down British manufacturing almost entirely. In her 13 years in government, she shut... And I I experienced that myself because I was in the garment business and I ended up going to work in the Philippines just to get a job. And when I came back a couple of years later, I couldn't have bought a decent job. I ended up working in the construction industry. But the reason I'm, I'm talking about this is people need to think what strategy can we use today to, de- beat, to beat the government? Because they're, they're more devious than we Wait, are. 30, that's sure.
0: 30 seconds. What about Paul Craig Roberts saying revolution, armed revolution if necessary? What do you think of him saying that? Do you agree with that?
8: Oh, I'm not sure I do, mate. I'm I'm, I'm not a gun owner. I'm not a gun no. fan, but I'll defend to the death the Second Amendment where Americans are allowed to have a gun, and uh, if Paul Craig Roberts was asking you questions, would that be the equivalent of a PCR test? (laughs) Very good.
0: I've not got the snare drum and the hi-hat. I wish I did. (laughs) Listen, pal, we'll talk longer another time. Thanks, John. Brilliant. Scottish John, Austin in Texas, never lost the accent. Never lost the accent. Top man, right? It is exactly twenty-two minutes to the top of the hour. This is the Richie Allen show. The calls are flying in. They are flying in. Let's uh, take this call, caller. Welcome to the program. Who am I speaking with? Exactly to Hello. You've got me on in the background. If you want to turn me down slightly, turn me off, and then we can have a quick chat there. Let's try it again. Hello there. Do you know what that is now? The person is using the same device to call me as the device they're using to listen to me. And that's just no bloomin' good, dear listener. Straight to the mobile yep. phones. Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Oh,
9: hi. Good afternoon, Richie. It's uh, Darren. I'm calling um, from Sussex.
0: How you doing, Darren? How's things?
9: Oh, crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. Um, only just today, this afternoon, my son came home from school and... Um, I received an email from my my uh, son's secondary school. Um, basically, um, he's obviously outlining the vaccination program from 12 to 15. And that's the hard thing about it is because I've I've woken up to this crazy scandemic since last year. And unfortunately, let I say, obviously I've been trying to be logical with, obviously with my wife and my children. And it's it's very hard to try and scare them, but I try and sort of give them gentle facts that I've obviously discovered over the time. Um obviously I started off listening to um Vernon Coleman and then obviously from there onwards and obviously I came on to your obviously with your um your show, which it's it is it is is wonderful. It's just a, it's obviously a little piece of sanity. But it's just it's crazy because I mean obviously um earlier this year. My wife obviously works in the NHS and she's, she, um, she, she loves her job. But unfortunately, she had doubts about the vaccination, obviously, um, towards December. Obviously, at that point, we obviously on your show around the time, we obviously um, knew the actual notes or the information that was being given out to the, um, those who were going to be jabbed, and obviously the information that the healthcare workers obviously all the all the vaccinators as such obviously had with difference obviously what we was going to be receiving i've always been resilient and and i would never ever coerce myself into this if the fact is if i did have it what would ever happen i don't know it's yeah. uncertainty obviously because till like obviously as you say like till 2023 it's still in phase three trials and it's never been licensed no. um this is just the uh,
0: Emergency youth authorisation. Hey Darren, we'll um. I tell you what we'll do. We'll we'll we'll, yeah. we'll we 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 we'll skip the two minute rule and we'll have a chat. Hang on, we'll have a chat, right? Um, right. We, we, let's yeah. no no no. Let's have a chat. Let's have a chat Thanks. and let's let's not give any clues whatsoever to your identity or your wife's identity. No, but fine. but that's how fine. how does your wife feel now as the government <sighs> is openly talking about yeah. mandating it for NHS workers? With, with, again, without giving any clues as no, to who she right. is, what, probably, what does she think basically,
9: now? Basically, obviously, obviously, back at the time. I mean, I've obviously discussed this with my wife. Obviously, obviously, around obviously December time, and they were obviously discussing between themselves and the sister as such. Um, obviously, the department my wife works in obviously deals with um, those with a very low, low immune system. Um, okay and unfortunately obviously they were concerned with the fact that obviously the um let's say these these companies like your pfizers or Bine pfizer biotech etc astrazeneca obviously going to be waived liability of any harm caused and, and this was and, and this this was their concerns but unfortunately i only found out through my daughter um earlier this year when i was um, she told me that uh, my wife had had it um, and it was it, it, it literally you, you find it's like I mean you've had previous guests obviously who've, who've contacted you through the um, the, the show and we're literally at that moment it's like the, the whole life's around crumble and you just think what has happened but I I love my wife dearly and I'm you know and, and I always will do and I always will do and, and it's just my son because I've my son's 15 and I didn't want to sort of like frighten him and he's he's aware of obviously that I've never um, gone down the roots of the um, gene therapy uh, drug because I don't agree with it. I never have done. Um, there's no need for it. I mean, our own health, our, our own immune system, if you look after it carefully, as you've always said, obviously with vitamin D3 and all the other supplements, zinc, vitamin C, etc. And you look after yourself in a healthy way your immune system will look after itself um i mean i've i've never been sick from work for a number of years um if even if i have had um in the last few years if i've had anything like a cold or i've never even had a bad flu the last time i had a bad flu was possibly maybe about 15 or so or maybe 15 or so years ago
0: so you're in but you're I- in you're in great health and you you take the same yeah. steps that that I would do yeah. to to give yourself a a good chance. Now That's the school family, yeah. the school has gone in touch and they've said, look, this is yeah. the protocol for the vaccination. Um, exactly. What what does your fifteen year old boy think about the job? Is he in favour of it?
9: The sad thing about it, though, Rich, is that, as I say, like most children and most youngsters, you see, obviously on the news as well, um, they don't want to go without obviously being obviously restricted. With activities yeah. in the near future, and this is the problem. My son, obviously, I've I've asked him the question today, in a gentle way. Um, I said, you know, um, obviously I won't say the name, but um, I've actually asked him. I said, you know, um, what's your opinion, and obviously what's your friends have said, and basically he would turn around and he said, well, you know, mum's okay, it hasn't killed her. I said, I said, <laughs> I mean. It's just when, when when it's like your own flesh and blood, yeah. you think, well, what what do you say? I mean, you can't. It's basically all I can do is. It, it, it's it's hard because my I've, I've I've stated my opinion about this all along, but my wife probably most likely she'll go with obviously my son's opinion, and the fact is obviously what's happening in the schools now is they're going to go against obviously parental um, guidance and they'll just say to the child. You know what do you think? And if a child is happy to go along with the the one jab, you know not the two because obviously that's going to cause the myocarditis or possibility.
0: Yeah. But But please God, that won't be the case because it sounds, it sounds, it sounds from what you're telling me, Darren, that Mm. that it's inevitable that the boy because he's worried about not going on school trips because he's worried about not going to the bowling alley or to the cinema or whatever, he might have it. And 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 you might have to make your peace with that, but but the mm. the myocarditis thing, um, you know, it's it's not going to, to to hit every child or or most children. So don't beat yourself up about that.
9: Oh no, no, it's the uncertainty and and, and, and living with the uncertainty. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's also something. I mean, obviously, I've, I've, uh, per message, obviously, or, obviously, because you know, I'm, I'm a fellow, I'm a contributor to your show, and I have been for many uh, for, for some time. And I've nice. uh, been on the comments live and um there's one of the um regular comments actually mentioned about um you know hopefully it may just be a placebo. We don't know. I mean we don't know what's been given. And this is the problem. We don't. It's, Can it's, I ask a personal well,
0: question? It's not because I'm nosy. Are you and are you and your son's wife not together anymore?
9: No, we're all together. Oh, you are
0: all together. Right, okay. Yeah, together.
9: Wow. This is, I'm saying. it's literally, it's like, it's It's trying to keep my head above the water. Right. Uh, I mean, because obviously, you know, I mean, unfortunately, I've had uh, family members obviously close um, yeah. who've obviously um, had the, the, the jabs and thankfully, they're obviously in that sort of generation, obviously over the 70s and 80s and they're still okay. And they're it's, okay. It's, Thank it's the, God. It's, it's, as I say, you, know, you don't know who... Who who you know, who's
0: who's actually going to affect and who who it won't affect? It's and really, it's not it, absolutely, yeah. and that's one of the things that I certainly do not know. I don't know this, yeah. but we don't know that these jabs are going to really hurt everybody when they receive them. We don't know that. And I'm trying to get that through because I meet people who are like you all the time, Darren. You know, a loved one has had it and they are losing sleep. And I tell them, look, you can't. Look, what's done is done now. You can't do that. We're all individuals. Let me ask you again, not being nosy. You sound like a lovely bloke. How have you managed this Mm. to not come between you and your wife in a way that would be harmful to your relationship, how have you managed to do that
9: Richie? richie that's happened a few times, mate We've had some real soul to soul um we've literally very i mean there's um a few months ago um obviously um we've actually sat there and literally in tears um you know and mm. and and i literally i look deep into myself and I could never ever even force myself to have this. Uh, And I've I've told my wife this and I said, you know, I said, we're going to have to beg to differ. But unfortunately, I can't have an injection that I know is possibly going to cause harm to me. I don't know, either soon or in the near future. Who knows? And what did your wife say, Darren?
0: What did your wife say? Because you made a very logical and reasonable argument. I exactly. I don't think I need it. I don't think it's necessarily safe. I'm a bit worried. What did what your wife? What did your wife say then?
9: See, what my wife was more more worried about was obviously it's going to drive us apart. And I said no. I said look, you know, we just have to beg to differ. I mean, unfortunately, you know, I've made my informed choice, and I've made my informed choice purely from obviously from all the informed guests that you've had, and I've and I've obviously been recently. I've been um, obviously with. I've been listening to, obviously Max Egan, obviously with the Australian activist, obviously Del Bigtree, obviously from High Wire, obviously um, Spirios. Uh, Spirios, well, yeah. and 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 I'm f- I'm fully informed as well. But it's just it's it's hard when you've got. It's like it's like it's like when you talk, you try and talk in sort of like not an overpowering way, but it's like the, the eyes glaze over.
0: Are you aware? Are not- you you said so? You you are mm. acutely aware that you mm. need to. Approach not only your wife but others, yeah. you've got to be very yeah. softly spoken and not try to be <laughs> domineering about what you're saying. It, it's yeah. What I'm saying yeah, it's
9: like obviously, it's like I mean, I mean, I I, I even obviously, uh, even shortly after I obviously found it with my wife, and I was you know thinking, well, where do I go? And I I even liaised with um, because my mo- uh, I even liaised the a, a, a spiritual um, uh, I, I, Oh, uh, obviously, a, a spiritual guidance uh, woman who obviously um, who obviously was able to attend um, a, a family. Obviously, I've lost my mum over uh, over Christmas. Oh, I'm sorry. Um yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. And, and as I say, it's um, you know, and I, I reached out and obviously got spiritual guidance, but unfortunately, what really when I had this lengthy conversation. Um, with the spiritual guidance um, lady, um, who obviously lives quite locally, unfortunately, she made the choice to have the jab as well. And I literally, at that conversation, I'm thinking, and obviously with Mark Bioski, with what he said in the past, and I'm thinking, you know, I I, I just thought, I I thought I'm going to have to choose my own path and obviously try and be logical. Yeah pathetic, obviously, because I mean, I obviously, I even in the job that I do, I um, work in the um, in, uh, I work in the railway, and and I, uh, unfortunately, again, with that industry, um, you think it's going. You you think, know, going, thanks, you, you
0: think yeah. pressure will be brought to bear on you by your own company to have I, the job?
9: Well, that's something I think at some point, obviously, not at the moment. Not at the moment. Because obviously, uh, they've relaxed. Obviously, I think with the mask wearing, uh, with the face covering business anyway. They treat and obviously staff as is the same as what they're doing with the uh, with with, yeah. with the travellers. You know, it's, it's 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 a choice. It's a personal choice, but uh, you know, it's recommended. You know, obviously. And you're thinking, well, well, why would I want to harm myself? Why, why would I want to deprive myself that? of the oxygen that I'm breathing in? And once you we know?
0: get once we get into the win- into the winter, there's a good chance that they will yeah. begin to to ask people to do these things again. I don't want to keep bringing it bringing it back to your family. It sounds like I'm. I don't want no, to sound no, no. I, I don't. I don't want to sound tabloid because I'm not tabloid. But I wanted to ask That's you, b- yeah. b- because you've kind of kind of broken my heart, really, to be honest. And I, I really feel <laughs> yeah, for I you. Either, no, you I... have, mate. You have. Is yeah, yeah. is there a way? Do you think that you and your wife can coexist with these two totally different, you know, opinions about what's happening? Do you think? You could coexist the two of you. Do you think there's some ground you could find, or is your wife I, adamant that you get it? Is she adamant that you get it? How do you think it'll progress for you?
9: No, I think I think my wife is um, understanding that obviously that um, you know I think I'm in a position that I've made my choice and I would never uh, commit myself to having an injection. Um, you know, it's I mean it's. It, it's sad because I mean, you know, when I've sat there and I've had a heart-to-heart with my wife, and the times when you go through things like, you know, you're aware about obviously the yellow card system, and 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 you, and you and you, you go through the basics, and they just sit there and they just look at you and you just look at you at you know, that glazed eye, and you think, you know. Can I ask and, you this? Can you, I, I ask you
0: this then? Because we yeah, we've got about yeah. four minutes left, right? Let, let me ask you this. Yeah. I can't believe I'm asking you this, but I'll ask you anyway.
6: Don't mind, don't, would you
0: don't. would you not be better off mm-hmm. because you love your wife you you told me five six minutes ago you love your wife and you love no, your family no, 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 no. are you yeah. better off then in just dropping it then leaving it and and don't i know it, it you might be desperate sometimes to say listen there is a new bit of yeah. information, or Yidan from Pfizer. He has said Hello. this, but you're not going to get anywhere with your wife, and you love her. Is it best yeah. to lay down your arms and just say, "Look, let her be"? Hello. What do you think?
9: Um, it's it's that, and it's also it's it's also my my son as well. It's like when you're you're basically you're raising um you know you're raising a family, and then I mean I mean the spiritual um, lady spoke to me and said, "Well." You know, obviously, you know, we're all powered by fear. And, you know, she even obviously told me at the time, I mean, I, was, I said I was obviously listening to, obviously following shows like yours, and she goes, maybe to switch off from the mainstream media and, and, and shows like yours. And I thought, I can't, because in my heart, in your gut, you, I mean, you follow your gut, and that is what you should always follow is your heart. Because, I mean, that's a, I mean, it's, 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 it's what, what we are. I mean, you know, it's like recently, I mean, I, I've listened to a David Icke, Uh, show um, and what he basically says is about you know, what we are, we're just spiritual beings, obviously you know, I mean, when you you ask a question you you say to a human being, who are you and what do you do? And This this is my name, this is my job I do, and you think, you're a spiritual being. I've never done this
0: before, I'm going to do, I've never ever done this before, I've never given anybody advice I'm going to give you a little Mm -hmm. bit of advice It sounds very much to me that mm-hmm. you don't need to hear Paul Craig Roberts speaking to me tonight. You don't need to hear me speak to my guest tomorrow. You've got mm-hmm. a good understanding of what's going on. You know there's something very wrong here. And and I agree with you, absolutely. Yeah. But we can get too close to it. This nearly killed me last November. And yeah. it nearly drove me out of my own house. Oh,
9: I know, because I, I, I listened to you at the time. So <laughs> can, can I give you a little bit of
0: advice? And if you want, you can tell me to fuck off. And I'll gladly take it from you. My advice to, for you would be, in mm. in in the meantime, I would mm. be I'd be with my wife and 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 my son, and I would, I would take a step back from listening to programs like this, uh, because it can become a, a huge burden. You know, first of mm. all, understanding how terrible it is, but then yep. you know, bringing yep. it into your life every day, whether it's Dell, BigTree, or Max, or or me. It wouldn't yeah. be. It wouldn't do you any harm to to just kind of step away from it for a bit, and and, for and Rich, with, for with.
9: Richie, I did that at the time, and I stepped away for a few weeks, and I've come back, and I'm and I'm still listening now, but I've, I'm able to actually separate. Obviously, you know, I mean, I've still got my my own the feelings and everything else, but I'm still able to actually sort of like, um, you know able to live, it's like living two parallel worlds and, it, and somehow it's very strange but I'm able to survive at the moment it's very bizarre but it's it, it but the way the world is I think some way that's the only way sometimes you have to survive you know it's like trying to sort of like try and live the two parallel worlds together you're
0: under a lot of pressure Darren have you got a mate is there a bloke that you can go for a pint with
9: uh, unfortunately, I wish there was, but unfortunately, locally, obviously, a lot of our friends, um, they've gone with the, uh, the opinions, obviously, with the mainstream media. So, yeah. I mean, I have a few obviously with work, but obviously, with my work's not local either. So, uh, are you
0: anywhere near Salford? No,
9: I wish I was, mate. If you were, if you it. were, I'd
0: take you out for a point, mate. And I really mean oh, no. that. If you had a said yeah. yes, I'd have picked you up. I mean, would have gone for a point. Listen, I, I'm just about out of time. Everybody is listening to this, and they've they, they're going through it themselves in their own homes, not necessarily with their wives, but with extended yeah. families. Just good luck yeah. with it. You love your wife. That's the most important thing in the world, mate. Hold on to that no matter what.
9: Yeah, like as I say, I always hold on to that, but I want to be a, a strong supporter of your show because you're, you're absolutely, as, as many people have said, you are a beacon of light. You are doing a great job.
0: Now, you're very Just kind.
9: To carry on. Carry on, mate.
0: Look after yourself, mate. And um, oh, well, mate. always around uh, you know, on, on online or through the email if you want to chat. But take care of yourself, Darren. I oh,
9: will mate. I oh, will. Thank you very much for that, mate. Not
0: at Please all. Take all mate. Care bye for now, bye. That was Darren there. I didn't want to ask him exactly where he was in the country because I didn't want him giving any clues as to um you know who he is or who his wife might be, because his wife works in in, in the medical thing. Thanks to Paul Craig Roberts. Thanks to the callers. We'll do a proper phone-in next week for two hours and you will get on, I promise you, right? That's it for me. Back tomorrow at 5 o'clock from the BBG. Take care of yourselves and one another. Bye for now. Bye.